Blog Talk Radio. And thank you for joining Over the Top Sports. We are live back on Saturday mornings with you. We got a full house today, believe it or not. Producer Goon in the house, Big Mike, finally back after the birth of his beautiful daughter, Samantha. Congratulations. And Robbie D, he's sitting alongside me today. So we got a full show for you. And none better time for that because it is the NFL wild card weekend. So we're going to give you predictions, Super Bowl bets, um, all the prop bets, uh, DFS. I know fantasy football is over. Big Mike won you many, many leagues. We got some daily fantasy for everybody who's still got that fantasy itch, so I have some plays for you there. And more importantly, we're going to get down to the bottom of who's going to win this weekend and go on to the next weekend and t- uh, take on those teams facing the buys. And we're going to get our Super Bowl predictions. And, uh, guys, are we ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's jump right into the Colts and the Texans. That's going to be the first game. They uh, kick off today at 4.30. Uh, the Colts started this season 1-5 and five and finished 10-6. and six. The Texans started this season 0-3. Oh and finished 11 and 5 to win the AFC South. The uh, Texans are only the sixth team in NFL history to accomplish that feat. Uh, these two teams obviously faced each other this year. Week four, the Texans took on uh, the Colts and won 37 34 for their first win of the season. And then in week 14, the Colts won in Houston, where they'll be playing today, 24 to 21. So both games decided by three points. Guys, who do we like in this one? Uh, I like the Colts. I really do. And I'm sure that shocks you guys because I've been wishing Andrew Luck would break his hip most of the season. But, uh, I'm on them. I, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I, I don't think the Texans' offense can keep up with the Colts' offense the way that the, the offense has been going over there. Luck's in a different world. They're playing with house money also. This is the Colts that, uh, you know, people expected maybe a 500 season. Now you're talking – you're in the playoffs. Uh, you're playing wild card weekend. It's house money. The pressure is off. I think there's more pressure on the Texans that have been there before for Bill O'Brien and, and kind of have to show you it's time to do something or, or you know, what do we do here? And they're a home team, and they won the division, and nobody's picking them. Everywhere you look, everybody's picking the Colts, and I don't know if that adds pressure to them or maybe a little pressure to the Colts or take some pressure off, but I don't know where I've seen, and I think that you're on the Colts as well as am I, obviously, but um, I haven't seen many people pick the Texans, and that's kind of scaring me. And if, You know, it's easy for me to say because I'm the one guy here that's not really betting the games. I'm just picking them, so I really have no money at stake, but it would kind of scare me seeing how many people are on the Colts today. This is the only game I'm not going to be betting because I feel like it's very disrespectful to the Texans, like you mentioned, Rob. But Andrew Luck, as Mike also mentioned, is on an absolute planet of his own. And in both the games they took on the Texans this year, he had 863 passing yards, six touchdowns, one interception. Uh, comeback player of the year, a lot of people thought it was going to be Watson or J.J. Watt for the Texans. It's hands down, Andrew Luck, if you ask me. I'm sure you're both on board with that, right? And both guys that you said are on the Texans and have to face luck, and uh, especially J.J. Watt, who uh, gets to, uh, you know, actually actually do something about it when he faces – not that the, the award can be uh, decided in the playoffs. It's already been decided, but he's actually the one guy that's on the field at the same time as luck, where you have Watson. You know, they don't face each other. You know, one's on the field or the right. other's on the field. So, uh, Watt can do something, uh, you know, to kind of make up for that this year but uh, or, or today on the field. But 
Um, it, it's very interesting. And then you got guys like Lamar Miller and and uh, and Mac. You know, took a back seat all year, but they didn't have bad years when they were on the field for who they are, at least. So I think there's gonna be a lot of points in this game, but I, I would also be scared of this Texans game just because of how many people are disrespecting them. Over just, under set at forty eight and a half. Yeah, I, I think it goes over. And we just talked about, and we'll get into it later, which coaching situation you'd really want to be into. But the team going in with the most cap space next year is the Indianapolis Colts. So it's scary to think that they're playing today, wild card weekend, and next year, uh, you know, heading into the offseason, they have over $100 million to spend and retool. And it just shows you, we talked about it yesterday in our chat, the draft, they nailed the draft this season. And that's all it takes. And it just goes to show you the Colts were one of the laughing stocks. That offensive line was one of the biggest laughing stocks along with the Giants and the Seahawks last year. Two of those teams with, um, you know, very – not a whole lot of nicking to do on those offensive lines. They're in the playoffs this weekend. Yeah. And the Colts drafting Quentin Nelson, that guy is so individually good that he can make everybody around him that much better. And he certainly did that this year. So, great draft by the Colts. What's also scary about that is Nelson's just going to get better. This was his rookie yeah, year. He's not – he's not year in the yet. league. Um, and so is the line as they get to play together more. Um, they were one in five, like you said, at the start uh, to come back. You know, what, what a great second half of the season they had. Um, you know, they lost to the Jets. And you, when you lose to the Jets, you think that, uh, you know, this is probably not going to be our year. And, and we're going to sit there. And we were, we were just riding high, basically, you and I. And how many fantasy points Andrew Luck was getting every right. week. Uh, he turned those points and those games into wins. And that's why they're here. And don't forget, they have the Jets' second-round pick this year in the draft, too. So that's going to help along with the cap room, like Mike said. And that's not a bad second-round pick. That's basically a first because the Jets have the third pick. Yeah. So they – and we talked about that, too, in, in the chat – um, both teams probably make that trade all over. The Jets got their quarterback, and you saw how much this has done for uh, the Colts uh, to rebuild their team, and they still get to rebuild it. Uh, their own first-round pick and the Jets' second-round pick to add to it this year. And the Jets got a whole lot of cap space as well. Uh, Marlon Mack and Lamar Miller, who's going to have more rushing yards? I would think it's Lamar Miller just because of the way the Colts mix it up. You know, you see Hines, and uh, I would think that, you know, you saw what Alfred Blue can do, right, when, when Miller play, uh, missed uh, you know, the game, the two games there. Alfred Blue sucks. So I really think that it's going to be everything Lamar Miller can handle as where the Colts will put Hines in on third down to try, you know, and catch a ball. So to me, that's an easy question. I, I think it's Lamar Miller. Yeah, I, I think so too. It, only because uh, you're going rushing yards alone, but if I'm going to go total yards for the running backs, um, Luck throws the ball a lot to his running backs, but it's, it's Hines. You saw Wilkins got back in right. the mix again this week. So um, he throws the ball a lot to them. Max certainly could do it himself. Three capable running backs on that Colts team. Um, which is a good thing. It keeps them fresh. There's not, you know, yes, Mac is the number one guy, uh, but these other guys are more than capable. He's not, the, he's not a runaway number one guy. This isn't, you know, um, Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley type of number one guy. So he can come off the field and other guys that can do a good job. So there's a lot of weapons there. T.Y. Hilton, uh, the most yards per game in an opposing stadium in NFL history is him in Houston. So keep an eye on that too as well. Big play caliber wide receiver. 133 yards per game in his career playing in that building. So that's a big thing too. And I watched the show last week when I wasn't here. I saw you guys say that I owe Andrew Luck an apology. So Are we about to get one? No. But <laughs> I will say that what he's doing talent, it's kind of Brady level with the receivers. He's made Dontrell Inman a name to be talked about. I would say your opening statement on this game was an apology if you ask me. I never said those two words, and I never will. Say you you didn't say words. those words, but you did praise Andrew Luck, and you're taking them today. I am taking them today. But, and, um, and remember, Mike, you know, especially in the first couple of weeks, and it might not have been in the group chat with you. It might have been in the other group chats. I know our friend Brandon's also a Luck supporter. And and, he might have had Brandon. He might have had Luck, too. But 
remember all the drops that his receivers were making yes. for him this year? And they would be like right in the breadbasket type of drops. And you just figured this is going to be one of those like Eli Manning type years where he always seems to have an excuse or something. But yep. the receivers have stepped up. They're they not have. dropping the balls like that either. Like you said, Inman, a couple other guys that were no names coming yes. into the year. They've done a much better job uh, holding on to the ball and making big plays for him, and that's been a big part of it for him too. Real quick, we have a couple of Facebook comments. Dan says, Andrew Luck got incredibly hot at the end. The last three weeks he's put up is put up old Luck numbers. Agreed. Uh, then we got Olin says, Colts Nation all the way. Colts win 31-21. He also says, I expect he would have over 100-yard receiving today. Well, if you listen to what Rob just said, I would expect that too. Um, you got a score, Mike? We're going to have um, to see some scores here on uh, on Facebook. I don't so, think I like, gave Goon a score. I think I just said the Colts would win. I think the Colts win by, uh, you know, in the five to seven range. I don't think it's a blowout by any means. I think it's high scoring. So, uh, you know, Colts win by five or seven, whatever that is. I saw a, um, a poll. I'm going to pull it up right now from somebody uh, that works at Newsday. And he did, like, who, you know um, – what game of all the games do you want to see the most? And I I actually picked this game, and it got like 11%. But I think this game might be the most fun game to watch, and it's a great weekend of games. I think this game could be 31-30 type game, 34-31. Um, I like both teams being close to 30, if not in the 30s with the Colts. You know, yeah. just judging from the Vegas spreads this weekend, every game should be awesome. Yeah. And naturally, if you take the spreads away, all four of these games, I think the teams match up really well with each other, and experience is going to come into play. And that's the last thing I want to touch on about this game here. Deshaun Watson has none in the postseason. Andrew Luck has been there before. Do you think that's maybe a reason why the Texans and Watson are getting a little overshadowed by Andrew Luck and the Colts? That is such an overrated comment because this kid played in the national championship game on the big stage on a Monday night beating Alabama. So I think that is so overrated. The kid has that big game experience, and he's won that big game experience. So, to me, that means nothing to me. But Tim Tebow has won national titles. We haven't seen him do anything. We've seen um, – well, Tim Tebow is out of league because he's uh, a god freak. He, he was – Because know, he brings a media carousel he never asked for. Right. And he also can't throw 20-plus yards. He's won a playoff game. He has against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, Deshaun Watson also one of many quarterbacks who are going to be getting their first start this uh, postseason. And one last little note I want to talk about, a very class act move by wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. He will donate his check to the family, the seven-year-old that was gunned down for no reason whatsoever. Yep. Uh, very class-act move. This is a guy, he's had so many different quarterbacks in his career, yep. from Ryan Mallett to T.J. Yates, all these terrible quarterbacks, finally getting one good in Watson, and has always kept his mouth shut, went out there and did his thing, and he's not anything like the headache the Pittsburgh Steelers are dealing with with Antonio Brown, so I want to give Hopkins all the love in the world. And he's also, do not make a DraftKings lineup without DeAndre Hopkins in it, because as good as the Colts' defense has been, there's no answer for DeAndre Hopkins today. I think he has a monster game. So DeAndre and T.Y. in the, in the DraftKings lineup might not be that's, bad either. That's not too bad. I think he got up to a pretty good start this weekend. Because you know that. you're not using a Ravens receiver. I'm not putting a Raven in at all. If anything, maybe their <laughs> defense. That's about it. But we'll get to that game soon. Any last notes you guys want to hit on that game? Uh, just that uh, one team lost to the Giants, one team lost to the Jets this year. And then right afterwards, both teams turned it around. That's, that's a good point, too. And we all have the Colts winning. All so of the Colts winning. They will advance on the road. That's going to bring us to Big D, Seahawks, and the Cowboys. The last time these two teams met was week three, where Seattle beat Dallas 24-13. But that game was at CenturyLink Stadium. And the last time these two teams met in the playoffs, well, that was 2006. And you might remember a little botched field goal attempt by Tony Romo with him sitting on his ass crying. Uh, <laughs> low blow, Dallas. I think it's more of a fact. 
But um, big numbers here. Big Mike might find them a little overrated. Russell Wilson, 8-3 and three in the postseason. We all know he has a Super Bowl ring, and he's been there two times. Seattle won six of their last seven. Dak Prescott is 0-1 in the postseason, so not a lot of experience. You can't really, you know, get on him too bad, especially he considering he played pretty damn good against Green Bay last year on 300 yards in that loss. But the, the Seahawks have also won at least one playoff game in their last nine trips to the postseason, which wow. is an NFL record. I don't know if anyone knew that. And just when it seemed Jason Garrett's hot seat couldn't have gotten any hotter, Dallas ended up winning seven of their last eight. Uh, one question I want to ask you guys about Dallas. Was it smart to play Dak the whole entire game in a meaningless Week 17 game against the New York Giants when they had the fourth seed wrapped up? I didn't understand it. I don't know whether it's smart or not. We'll find out today. But I didn't understand why. Uh, you know, you don't have Zeke to begin with. And Cooper was out there, but he was limited. So, I really didn't understand why they left him out there. You won the game. I mean, As a Giants fan, did you understand why Tom Coughlin played for the Giants in Week 17 against the undefeated Patriots? Yeah, but he wasn't resting certain guys from the – you know what I'm saying? Like, he went all in, and I appreciated that because, to me, I am somebody – I don't want the rest. I want to keep going. If injury happens, I'll deal with it I at that time. I think that was huge for the Giants winning. Uh, of course, we've talked about that. But I did not understand why you basically you, – you just pulled a bunch of players and you left your quarterback out there by himself – it made no sense to me, even though they got the win. And a game-winning drive by him. Right. That boosted some confidence. It wasn't just the drive. The whole game. I mean, I mean that throw that he made was a great throw. Um, Beasley caught it, got his knee down somehow in the back of the end zone. But, I mean, that whole game got him a ton of confidence. That, that was a, so you support the move. I mean, in hindsight, I do. Going in, maybe I would have thought, like Mike's saying, I don't understand it. But I, I'm looking at it right now after seeing the results. Um, it looks pretty good it, now. A guy like Dak, who has limited experience, you know, needed that. Go on the road, beat a division rival, um, doing it without all of your weapons, and to go out and do that. And I'm I'm one of Dak's biggest haters, but um, that I think did wonders for him. I think that if they win the game today, that could be a big reason why. And these Seahawks are uh, getting two points. Dallas is home. Dallas has been a very good home team this year, and still a very very underrated defense with an amazing linebacker core that's still not getting enough love, if you ask me. Believe it or not for a team that has such a great popularity. Uh, give me your predictions here, guys. Who advances into the next round? Uh, I like the, the Cowboys until so you said the uh, the Russell Wilson stats. So those weren't overrated, Vinny. Um, listen, and you hit on – Van Der Esch has been – he's a star in the making. They're going to move on from Sean Lee after the season. They I don't still – they don't – I still like Dallas. I really do. At home, the defense, like you mentioned, Zeke. Um, if it was in Seattle, I'd be picking the other way. To me, this is a clear home field – advantage type game and that's why I'm siding with Dallas. Um I'm channeling my Vinny a little bit here, Vinny. Um picking kind of with my hate. You know, a lot of people pick with their heart. I'm picking with my hate. I, I hate this guy. I hate Dak Prescott. I just don't think he's any good. It's not that I hate him like per- I just don't think he's good. I think he's overrated and his name is Dak. It's such a stupid <laughs> name. Um and the Seahawks, um uh, they were supposed to win four or five games this year. Their over under was so low I thought it was you know, they would, had to win at least six games. Like, I thought it was a slam dunk to hit the over. They won 10 games. Russell Wilson should be a top two or three MVP, you know, candidate. Um, they've done it all year. Your stat was great, just like Mike said. Um, and, and I and I just the, – the, the, the way that Dallas is going to win this is if Ezekiel Elliott has 25, 30 touches and they really keep the ball out of uh, Russell Wilson's hand. But even then, if it's a seven-point game, six-point game, and he gets the ball two minutes left, do you think he's going to score? Probably. And now Doug Baldwin's been healthy, and he's been better the second uh, last three or four weeks. So I like the Seahawks, but I think it's going to be a very good game. I do believe in Mike, though. I, I think home field is huge in this game. Uh, yeah, real quick, Cowboys 7-1 at home. Seahawks 4-4 four four on the road. 
That's a that's a good stat right lost there. Six games. That's a good stat right there. But Russell Wilson is the guy you could count on in the playoffs. He's been there. He's been there time in, time out. Obviously, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. I definitely think they surpassed my uh, expectations this year. But the Seahawks expect uh, they surpassed them ten times more than Dallas Cowboys did. I remember you guys sitting here. All three of us crapped on the Seattle Seahawks this year, saying they were going to be a top ten draft pick this year yes. because they did nothing to address their offensive line. They ended up having a terrific run attack led by uh, Carson's and Dallas. You guys all said it was going to be that letdown team. Here they are, the division champions. So do you guys owe Dallas an apology? No, you don't. I'm not going to apologize to Dallas. So I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Russell Wilson stat lives on. There will be a better chance of that happening. Uh, Jason Garrett, is, what does this game mean to him? If they lose, Nothing. he's still the guy. 100%. He is in the ultimate yes man to Jerry Jones. Yes. He, he, and they won the division. Exactly. He's not going anywhere. But uh, props to him, though. As soon as he was on that hot seat, they really took off this season. And um, Jerry Jones loves him. I'm sure he'll never lose his job, but here we are. It wasn't a very good division, but he still won it. That's it wasn't. really what matters. And, yeah, and you know what? Now it looks better because two teams I was going to say it wasn't a great division, but it produced two playoff teams after all. None of us saw that happening, even midseason. No. So we got Big Mike taking Dallas, me and Robbie D on the Seahawks. Um, we will see what happens at tonight's game. That should be a good one as well. That brings us to tomorrow. These games are I'm very highly invested in, boys, because I've done some week-long parlays, and they all end with two of these teams, so I'll give them – you'll know them when I get my picks. So, um, Chargers and Ravens, that's going to be the 1 o'clock game tomorrow. They'll be meeting for the second time in three weeks where the Ravens beat the Chargers in Week 16, but they want it in L.A. This one's going to be in Baltimore. They also held the Chargers to 12 points in that game, but for the Chargers aspect of this, they're 7-1 and one on the road. And their last road loss came to the Rams in uh, L.A. So they also technically won a home game in London against Tennessee. So the Road Warriors, the Chargers got that label this year. And the Ravens, we all know the deal. Lamar Jackson comes in, they don't stop winning. Six and one this year with Lamar Jackson, and it starts. uh, One loss was an arrowhead, and it took an overtime victory for Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs to take down Baltimore in that one. So Lamar Jackson making his first playoff start. Are you guys all in on this guy? No, I'm not all in on Lamar Jackson, but I'm all in on that defense. And I think they, they really gave the Chargers fits. Uh, Chargers managed 198 yards uh, three weeks ago, like you mentioned. Phillip Rivers has not looked the same the past few weeks. He just hasn't. I don't know whether it's fatigue. I, I really don't know what it is, to be honest with you, but he's not the same quarterback. He's thrown more interceptions. That offense isn't moving as efficiently as it was. Um, I still think you guys want to you know, talk about bad decisions. Playing Melvin Gordon, uh, what was it, five weeks ago when he was banged up and letting him go out there and run a reverse and getting uh, you know hurt even more, that was a terrible decision. I think that's been a uh, a real damper to they this. They're fighting team. for the division. They wanted home field. Yeah, but I mean, come on, this is your star. This is you know Melvin Gordon, where you're basically telling him he's not going to play. He talks you into it, and then you run a reverse. It was like game's over. It was like a four score game. Too. It, it was it wasn't like it was absolutely horrible. Game. I think that really put a damper on it. Uh, and Phillip Rivers, like I said, the last few weeks has not been the same. This Baltimore Ravens defense is fantastic. They are one of the top defenses in the league. They're the top scoring defense in the league. At home, they are unbelievable, especially in past D. Uh, I really think the Chargers are going to struggle, unfortunately, and I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, you know, the Chargers on the road don't scare me. Um, they don't have a home field advantage, and I think that kind of hurt, hurt them a little bit. Um, they're playing in a stadium that changed names last week. I mean, they're playing the StubHub Center anymore. No, they lost. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know. So they, the StubHub Center rights um, was until January first, until the year ended. 
Now they change the name. So, so if they, they do have, have a, they home a home game, game. they'd be playing in a brand new a brand new uh new we can only stadium. see if they end up facing the Colts in the AFC championship. Right, but I mean they they were twelve and four and you know, you can make the case they should have had a home game anyway. They had two more wins than the Ravens this year. I think that the fact that they played the Ravens two weeks ago helps them, right? I think that they got to see it. I think that a big part of the Ravens' success has been the gimmick offense since they have Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards, and they're running the ball 65% of the time. You don't see that in football anymore. So the fact that the Chargers got to see that a couple of weeks ago firsthand, game plan against it based on experience is going to really help them. Uh, another tough game to, to call. This is a great weekend, and usually it's next weekend that has the best games. Uh, this, it's going to be hard for next weekend to top, although next weekend you finally get you know Kansas City and you get Brady and you get – uh, to see what the Rams and Saints could do in the NFC. But uh, this is such a hard weekend to call. Um, but I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one. I'm going with three out of four teams. That's three straight games that pick the road team. Yeah, uh, a lot of love for the road team. I'm all over the Chargers in this one. Phillip Rivers has got the experience. Lamar Jackson does not. I think Lamar Jackson made some mistakes that he hasn't done all year. And also, have we seen the Ravens down at all this season? Have we seen Lamar Jackson trailing by two possessions, even uh, nine points, you know, ten points? Have we seen it this year? No, he's usually had the league, held the league, and uh, and held the lead, sorry, and killed that clock and wasn't giving the other team a chance to score the ball. That's what they've been doing. If the Chargers can get off to a lead in this game, I don't see Lamar Jackson getting them back in it because this guy cannot throw the football. Everyone makes fun of Tim Tebow by not throwing the football. Lamar Jackson's almost in that class. You're sure he could throw a 50 yards downfield, but this guy is so inaccurate, it's not even funny. I'm taking Lamar Jackson not to get his first win here. This game's about Phillip Rivers and his experience. The Chargers go in there and they get W, continuing their road success. But let's get back to Phillip Rivers real quick here. Yeah, I just want to hit on that real quick, Vinny. Uh, sure. Three straight games with two interceptions. So I said he's kind of, you know, fell from grace. Three straight. And we were talking about him in the MVP conversation. He can't throw two interceptions. We all agree it's Pat Mahomes. But we've all, all season long said, who else could be in that conversation with him? And Phillip Rivers was in there for a little bit. Three straight games, two interceptions. Last time these two teams faced, Ravens sacked them four times. So uh, I, I just I don't see a dramatic change in those in that two week span there. Or what you can do, Philip Rivers. A big talk about this guy. No Super Bowl appearances, no Super Bowl titles. Good regular season quarterback. He doesn't have the ring. He's in a draft class of quarterbacks with multiple rings. Philip Rivers. It's outside of Dan Marino. Is Philip Rivers the best quarterback without a ring? I would have to go back and look and see who else doesn't have a ring. Anybody else stand out? Like Warren Moon, maybe? Just, uh, Vinny Testaverde? Yeah, no, he shouldn't no, really be. Testaverde. Oh, yeah. Jim Kelly? Jim Kelly is up there. A couple of interesting things. Rivers also has the most regular season touchdowns without a Super Bowl appearance. Philip Rivers is – I mean, Phillip that Rivers, draft class is one of the best, if not the best draft class. Does this back. change your, anybody's mind that Philip Rivers has never lost a game in the wild card round? That's true. Undefeated in the wild card round. There's another stat for you. And this is the year also that Phillip Rivers, um, everybody's talking about is this is maybe, you know, and I think he'll be – I think between him, Ben, and Eli, he's the one guaranteed to be back next year. Yeah, with 100%. Team. I mean, I could see Ben, who's talked about retiring, if they trade off um, Antonio Brown and they lost Le'Veon. I could see last year. screw it. Um, and you don't know what's going to happen with Eli, although I'd, have, I'd venture to still guess that he's going to stay, but it's not a sure thing at all, so – He'll have another chance, but this might be his best chance to finally get that uh, championship. Um, I, I just think that they've got to at least get past the first round with it. And by the way, uh, CBS affiliate out of Pittsburgh, breaking news is that the Steelers are going to uh, consider the trade request for Antonio Brown before free agency starts. They can't. Did you see the cap hit? It would be like a $21 million dead cap hit. Uh, they explained it the other day. It's almost impossible to trade him. 
and he's been quite a headache. We're going to get into Antonio Brown. I'm sure Big Mike's got a lot of things to say about him. That seems like a guy you would like on your team, even though you kind of <laughs> kind of have that guy on your team in a way. But, oh, we do have But that now guy. he looks like an angel compared to this guy. So uh, we'll get played in three weeks. Final score predictions, Chargers, Ravens. Who you got? Um, 21-14, Ravens. 23-21, Chargers. Late field goal somehow uh, helps them. Although Chargers and field goals have not gone very well and I'm going, in uh, late game situations in the past. I'm going to go 21 to 13 LA Chargers. I don't so like you that. don't see Baltimore being able to score, move the ball. I think that's one of the more underrated parts of this too is the Chargers have a good defense. They do, but they just got, you know, they struggled again against Baltimore two weeks ago. But um, that was a low-scoring game. I think Jack's going to make some mistakes. I think the Chargers uh, deserve some love. And if you want to boost your DraftKings lineups for this weekend, they're only $2,400 DraftKings value. Uh, So they're not getting a lot of love either against the rookie quarterback who can obviously make some mistakes. So I think the Chargers deserves a little more praise than they're getting. So give me the Chargers. They're part of my legs on the parlay. The other team on my last leg of the parlays, it rides in this game. The Eagles and the Bears. Shocker. Are you guys surprised to see the Bears here? I think you two are. I know somebody here who is not, and that is me. That is somebody who believes in this team well before they got Khalil Mack, and that's because of their quarterback, not their defense, as Mitchell Trubisky comes into town with 12 wins, boys. 12 wins for these Chi-Town Bears. Now, the Bears have not reached the playoffs since 2010, and that was the NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers. Where uh, here's a little ugly name for you. Caleb Haney came into the game for an injured Jay Cutler, and um, that was the last time we've seen the Bears in the postseason. They did not win, obviously, under Caleb Haney. The Bears, they have the best defense in football, and they have a quarterback that is ready to make his name as a big stage player, and that is Mitch Trubisky. But we got to look on the other side. The defending champs, everybody was ready to bury this team when they fell to four and six. Then they finished the year by winning five of the last six games. Same thing like last year, Carson Wentz goes down, and the team finds their mojo with, in my opinion, the better quarterback on the team, Nick Foles. Uh, Foles wins his three straight starts with wins over the Rams in L.A. uh, at home against the Texans, two playoff teams right there, and then the Redskins, which we all knew they were going to destroy last week. And Um, and who really got the Eagles back into the playoff race? Nick Foles. No. It was the Eli Manning interception at halftime when it was 19-3 Giants. The Giants did them two favors. They and were, the Giants they didn't give the ball back. again. There were times they could have came back in that division with wins over Philadelphia, but Philadelphia does what they always do, and that's beat the Giants and uh, bury us. So the script is certainly set for the Eagles. So I have to ask you guys, are we going to see another Nick Foles miracle? Uh, it's quite possible. It really is. But the, the thing that scares me is how bad is this Foles injury? And nobody's really talking about it. If we have to see Sudfeld at all, this game is over. The game's over by 10 to 15 points. If it's Nick Foles, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be down to the wire. The only thing that's scaring me is now I'm seeing the spread of six and a half, where it's been six, mostly where I've seen it. So that does scare me. Um, I think the Eagles, I have the Bears. I picked the Bears. I think the Bears will win. I think the Eagles, if there's any team this weekend that has a true chance of upsetting, it's the Eagles, man. There is some difference with Nick Foles as that quarterback, and there's just something about Nick Foles. You saw Long has the shrine to him in his locker, which is bizarre. Um, there's, it's a different team with Foles over Wentz. Your yeah, favorite team to upset is the biggest underdog of the weekend. Yeah. So bring well, out your stupid the, dog match, Philadelphia. Ravens are favorite. You're not no, getting the love What's again? the other two? Let's see. What's the spread on the other two? One of the hands. They're the biggest. The the yeah, and Houston – so I have the Colts also winning, so that would be an upset also. But it's I not as big an upset. I mean, exactly. a point and a half is almost a pick. It's not a touchdown. Right. 
I'm taking the uh, I'm taking the Bears. It would be the biggest upset. I am the biggest very, very convinced the Eagles will cover. Robbie D. Um, I like the Bears here. I'm not the big. I'm not still not a believer in Foles the way some people are. I mean, people have this guy. They're ready to make him over twenty million dollars a year and. He's going to get close. Yeah, no, I know. Listen, it. quarterback, yeah. Brock Osweiler got it. He's, he's earned it. Man. He's so, going to get it. I just, uh, I don't know. He's earned it. There's some reason why he hasn't been the starter. And he had a 27 touchdown year with two interceptions. And then he still couldn't, you know, do anything until four years later. I, I get it. He's good. I just don't think that Bears defense is like the wrong matchup for him. And it's not a Mitchell Trubisky thing. I'm sorry. I just, that defense at home. Um, and it's 41 degrees t- uh, tomorrow, so the colder it gets, the better for the Bears' defense. Uh, I like them more. That's actually the one home team I'm picking in this whole round, so i got to stick with it. And we all know who I'm on. I'm on the Chicago Bears. I'm on the Michigan train. I just don't think it's that good. Well, he's going to prove to people. Everybody doubts him. Everybody doubts his whole entire offense, but we're talking about the defense here, and it is great. Nick Foles has run last year. It was two games in the playoffs, and they were all done on his home turf. Now he's got to go into Soldier Field and a team that has not seen the playoffs in so long in an environment that's going to be so crazy and against the number one defense in the NFL, the magic runs out here, Nick. You do not have your home field. You do not have your fans. And you are facing a better defense than you faced last year in any capacity. Great run. You got them here. You're probably going to get a nice rich contract this offseason. But listen, the Bears, they roar, and they win, and they go on to win the Super Bowl, or at least get there. Nobody's talking about, though, <laughs> Is uh, this is Mitch Trubisky's first time here in the playoffs? This is Nagy's first time as a head coach in the playoffs. This is a lot of those Chicago Bears. Khalil Mack's never been in the playoffs with Oakland, has he? I don't think so. I would say his teams have sucked. Well, they did actually. Did Did they really? With uh, Carr when he was yes. Okay, so very good. Fine. This is a a new thing for the Chicago Bears. This atmosphere. Philadelphia Eagles were just there last year. They just won the Super Bowl last year. They know how to play in big games. They've had to win out just to be in this conversation with a little bit of luck. So. Um, to me, there has to be an edge on that aggressiveness over there, that uh, been there before mentality, because it was just last season. And I think that could come into play as well tonight, uh, you know, uh, tomorrow, excuse me, that big game having been there and the Bears haven't been. And you've already seen Nagy cost him a win this season, Vinny. I know. I was just going to mention that. Uh, Nagy, I saw a thing going through my social media feed that uh, he was one of the writers picks to win Coach of the Year, and I almost threw up all because of a week one game. This is a team that they could have had 13 wins because everyone wants to praise Aaron Rodgers like this guy. But Matt Nagy lost them that game week one, and it still affects me. Still to this day, week one loss. That didn't even affect them winning the division, but they could have had a bye. That's what I'm talking about. They could have had a bye if Matt Nagy wasn't such a pussy head coach. Let's, let's be real here. Don't give any credit to the guys on the field. It was all Matt Nagy. It was. It was. Nothing to do he, with the guys making the plays. He wants to hand the ball off all fourth quarter. The only time he decides to throw it is on third down when you got to kill the clock. And get close I mean, you got a great football. quarterback like Mitch Trubisky. Trust him, right? Well, you, know, you got to let him throw the ball. I mean, he threw he the ball did, third down. You got to make plays, but he didn't. He did not earn that trust until late in the year. That's why he took the third down when they were trying to fool the defense when to make that pass. And Mitch did miss that throw. A throw that he's not going to miss now that he's got this People forget about Mr. Trubisky. He played one year of college. So this is only like his 30th, uh, you know, the season was him playing like his 30th football game, more or less. He only played one year of college. He's that good. He's, he's going to be great. He's going to get better year by year. And I think he took a huge step this year from last year. And he's going to go out there. He's going to win his first playoff game. That's what's going to happen tomorrow. He's going to show everybody he is a good quarterback and it's time to believe. Allen Robinson's the number one receiver. They make fun of the running game. Chicago's a little... A little crafty team. Oh, I don't think anybody makes fun of the Bears' running game. The Bears have a very good running game with Howard and Cohen. I think it's 
it sucks for fantasy owners, but as far as real life, they complement each other perfect. They're a great one and two combination. The passing game, I'm still not sold on Allen Robertson. Yeah, he, he had a good season there, but I still don't know if he's a true number one wide receiver that can be depended on. They're going to need him. They're going to need they, him. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Sure. Omar says to watch out uh, with Baltimore. I think they can get into the conference uh, championship. A lot of people like Baltimore. I'm a little nervous about that game myself. But Way I'm, too I'm, boring. I'm not a believer in Lamar Jackson. I'm, I'm just not. So now that we covered the four games this weekend, wild card. There are other teams that are going to play next week. Let's get down to it. Hold Super on, real, real quick, since we talked about the, the Steelers before, it's interesting what D'Angelo Williams just tweeted. Um, he's having an exchange, I guess, with a couple of fans. Obviously, he's a former Steeler with right. just with the team. I just last year, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody said there's a rat in the locker room. we got to find it. He goes, you know, that's something I hope isn't the case, but I know it is. So he's basically saying, too, that there's, you know, there's a rat in the locker room, and I was just going to bring that up. And then you heard the stories this week coming out that, you know, they said that Johnson Stewart signed with the Giants just so it could be the rat for Gettleman in that locker room. Now, he never really played or anything. But uh, just interesting uh, to hear them both talking about that. So that seems to be a common theme that it seems like we're going to hear a bunch about in the next couple days. So let's do it. Super Bowl predictions. So we got AFC, NFC, and the winner. I have the Saints beating the New England Patriots, and the reason why is uh, if you look at the if you look at the AFC, I just don't see a team that could could beat the New England Patriots. I really don't. They've already beaten Kansas City. I think that they could you know Kansas City could be prove tough to them, but um, again, this is Brady, this is Belichick, this is one more run for the Patriots. I think after the season, McDaniel's is gone. I think Gronk is gone as well. Um, you know, you still would need a receiver uh, because there's such a hole there. You would need a tight end then. This is it, man. This is the last run for the New England Patriots. I think they get to the Super Bowl, and I think they come up short. Um, I have the Rams and Chiefs, and it's chalky, and I hate being chalk. Um, but You don't like defense? No, I love defense. I love the Bears. If the Bears had home field, I'd pick the Bears. I truly would. After what I saw the Bears do in week, uh, was it 13 or 14, against uh, the Rams on that Sunday night game at home, uh, I, would, game. I would totally pick them if they were, had home field. I don't think that they um, work well in the California weather or in the dome against the Saints. I, I just don't. I'm giving them the ones that, uh, you know, this weekend. And it's, 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 I, I like those two teams. And I think that, that Monday night game that we saw, um, it was special. It, it was no defense. It looked like we were watching Madden, but it was special. And it was talked about. And I think it was a precursor to having a rematch. I just think it's a story that writes itself. And obviously going into the Saints building and being the Saints – well, yeah, I mean, they played each other this year, too, though, and, yeah. and it was a really close and a good game. So I guess the other, the more chalk, I guess, pick would be to pick the Saints, but Rams or Saints at 6-1 half dozen of the other. I was on the Rams all year. I said you were? it was going to be a 13-14 win season. Actually, I said maybe 15 wins. They didn't you, get you said even the potential 16 and up. Yeah. I mean, that, that it was, looked too crazy for the beginning half. But, but that, that was that kind was of bold my prediction. bold prediction. It, bold it wasn't my real – it was a bold prediction. But they came close, so I can't, you know, jump off the shit now just because the Saints have home field. So I'm going to go with those two teams. Um, I do think that the biggest and best story of the postseason, though, could be not the real changing of the guard because we've seen it before, but a Brady versus Mahomes. Obviously, we know what Brady is, and he got the up-and-coming guy, Mahomes, in the AFC Championship game. Uh, I just think that that's just a great story, too, so I'd love to see that. Um, and, and we'll see. I know that uh, your number one rule and, and your team, where you guys would go in that game, but I just think that that's a great game and story to see. And my number one rule doesn't change. I will never bet against Tom Brady until I can't bet on Tom Brady. That's why my Super Bowl prediction is the number one defensive football led by a hungry, hungry quarterback 
who's going to prove to everyone how damn good he is. The Bears win the NFC. They fall to the Patriots. I like Big Mike. I think it's one last run for this team. This is a bad 11-5 and by Patriot team. Agreed. A very bad Agreed. by, you know, very bad 11-5 team. But they are not that bad. They still have that coach. They still have that quarterback. And until they don't have this, right. I'm not picking against them. So I got the Patriots, and I'm also going to take them over the Bears. As much as that Super Bowl, if that were to happen, would break my heart to see Tom Brady versus Mitch Trubisky. But that's what I got, and I'm sticking with Tom until that guy retires. I'm never ever picking against him. And I do think this is our last chance to really get one last ring for the GOAT. And I think you see a different Patriot team coming out next week. I think you see a more run-heavy team with Sony Michelle and, uh, and Rex Burkhead. And I think you see a lot of James White, Rex Burkhead in the passing game as well. And then you're able to mix in, uh, you know, obviously your Edelman and your Chris Hogan. I don't, I don't know what the deal is with Gronk. Obviously, he's slower. Obviously, he's done. Yes, man. He's still just such a target in the red zone that they haven't used. They haven't even targeted him the past few I weeks. I don't think his head's in it, Mike. I don't know about that. I, I really don't. Either way, whatever with that. But you still have that weapon that's there in the red zone. And, and to be honest with you, he could walk away, retire after this season, Gronkowski. He could have any job he wants. But that personality, he could be calling any football game he wanted. He could go into wrestling, which we've seen if he wanted to. That He already does commercials. That guy doesn't anything. need this. Right. He, with that personality, could go do anything. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and they're gonna need him if he's gonna have, yeah. if he has anything in the tank, he's got to unleash it now because they're gonna need him. Uh, we'll see them next week along with uh, future MVP Patrick Mahomes. Uh, pretty interesting. I think it's a really, really interesting uh, teams this year. I don't think there's that one guaranteed team that's gonna make it this year. So we're gonna have to find out for ourselves. Big time wild card weekend coming up. A couple NFL notes away from the playoffs here. A lot of head coaching vacancies. Uh, yeah. We talked about it earlier in the show. What team do you think offers the most? What's the most appealing landing spot for a head coach to go in there and sign with the team? It's between two for me, and it's not Green Bay, surprisingly, with Aaron Rodgers there. It's either the New York Jets or the Cleveland Browns, and the Jets are going to have over $100 million in cap space. You have the franchise quarterback, and listen. Do they? They do. Sam Darnold's a franchise <laughs> quarterback. He is. He, he's showed you some real brilliant signs this, uh, this season, um, and you're going to have a top pick. You know, like if you're coming in as a head coach, I have a top pick. Have a quarterback of $100 million spent. You really can't ask for more than that, sure. can you? You have a decent defense. You have uh, Adams on defense as a star. So mm-hmm. you have some pieces there. Uh, and then the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns almost were a, a what, 8-17 and because they had the tie. Uh, so they were almost a better than 500 team. You're going to have $74 million in cap space. You have a franchise quarterback. You have a franchise running back. Um, you're going to have uh, the pick will be towards the end there. You have a terrific defense. Uh, Denzel Ward is a stud. You have other pieces on that defense. You have a, a great fan base that's now tasted winning, that is hungry to win. Um, listen, and you have Jarvis Landry. Excuse me, I didn't bring up Jarvis Landry. You have a top receiver there. Those two teams, for me, are equal. They uh, each have so much to offer, and I think there's going to be a lot of head coaches jumping at the bit for either of those teams. Now, part of me wanted to say Denver, but then when you look at their division, they're going to have a lot of trouble competing with the Chargers and with the Chiefs coming up. So, that, to me, means right, no matter what's going to happen, A, they don't have the franchise quarterback right now, but they also don't have a division that I think they They'll can They'll have $37 million in cap space. They do, and they have Von Miller now, which we can get into later, too, with an issue. But they also have a very good young defense, and they added to it last year in the draft. Um, the Jets, they're still going to be in Tom Brady's division. They're still the Jets. The Jets, they're, they're the Jets. To me, it's probably the Browns who have the best young quarterback in this past year's draft. And they're in a division right now that looks like the teams that were above them are going to be on their way down. 
What are the Ravens going to be after this gimmick of this year ends? Are the Ravens going to be a team that they can surpass? Probably. Are the Steelers going to be the Steelers anymore? doesn't look like it's going to be the Steelers that we know. So I think it might be the Browns um, who made up a lot of ground in the division this year. They got to seven wins. They're Mike's Cleveland Browns. Um, I just think that they have the best chance to win soon. And Baker Mayfield, I think, is better than Sam Donald. Baker Mayfield, like you said, has all the weapons. They have the opponents there to have a running game and have a good defense. So I actually think it's Cleveland, although we know what it means. We know that the history comes with it is that the bad things are going to happen, but you have that with the Jets too. So um, a, a Can you lot, imagine like a Josh McDaniels with the Cleveland Browns? I mean, that would be an ideal situation, you would think. For I mean, both, he might right? tell them yes and then leave, and then well, somebody else takes you. over, and then they end up being maybe the coach of the year in Frank Reich. So um, I, I can't imagine that with what he could do for them. And look what they did once Hugh Jackson left. Right. So um, I think that the bigger thing is, is like what coach out there is the best fit for these teams? Because this is not a who's who of coaches out there being interviewed. Adam Gase, Mike McCarthy. Is Mike McCarthy the number one guy, would you say? He's the biggest name, but I don't know if he's the number one guy. I because, don't think he's the number one guy. I mean, I he either. really didn't win with Aaron Rodgers. And I know you're not the biggest Rodgers guy, but he's the best quarterback in football. Right. He is. And, and you want to – historically, Tom Brady's better. I'm not saying that that's not true. But skill-wise, physically-wise, there is no better quarterback the last five or six years than Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. He can't win with him. So, and it's kind of hard to win with the contract he just got. Uh, you know, he kicked the GM out. Yeah, I mean, you uh, thought that about Andrew Luck, too, because that Andrew Luck contract, you some, thought they could never do anything. contracts were off the books now. Now it's kind of just Andrew Luck getting paid. Okay? Yeah, and, and like Mike said, they have the most cap space, which you never thought could happen with that Andrew Luck contract. No. Um, and they I nailed just, the draft. I just feel like by the time that the contract, um, you know, the, the contract with Rodgers is the only bad one in Green Bay, it, it's going to be too late for him. So, the one thing the Browns never were able to do was get a franchise quarterback. They finally have one. Yes. They finally have one in Baker Mayfield. And if it wasn't for Hugh Jackson being their coach, we probably would have been talking about them today about being in a playoff game. I That's agree how damn good they were. That's how good their defense was. I still think they should have Bradley Chubb or Denzel Ward, but it's not like that was a bad pick. Denzel Ward was huge for them. They had those two uh, two picks in the top five. They nailed both of them. Yes. And the Browns are on the up. I never thought you would say, hey, the Cleveland Browns is a fancy place. Would I rather coach the Cleveland Browns or Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? It's the Cleveland Browns, and it's not even close. Yes. It's not even close, if you ask me. Like Rob said, it's a great point. Teams are on the down. Maybe not Baltimore if they're actually going to be this successful with Lamar Jackson. But the Steelers, they are not going to be good much longer, you have to say. Big Ben's clock is ticking. We don't know what's going to be the quarterback situation over there. To get the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're, as soon as Big Ben retires, the Browns are a better team than the Pittsburgh Steelers. The second Big Ben retires. And the Browns, they're on the up. They're doing everything right. They got a good running back. They got a solid defense. Uh, they're doing the right things. Now that they got their franchise quarterback, they could finally build a more winning team around it. I think clear cut, hands down, the Cleveland Browns is the most flashiest destination to be a head coach. Never thought I'd be saying that. And you want to talk about a team that uh, is in hell right now. You fired Dirk Cutter, Tampa Bay. You don't really have much going for you there. They only have $10 million in cap space heading into next season. That is a they're dreadful rest. They've been ran terribly, Mike. And Rob mentioned an interesting situation with Denver Broncos. We all know they have a rich history over there, but it was their best player, their best defensive player's mother, Von Miller, came out and spoke up big time in defense of our son, Von Miller. Big Mike's got the exact quote. Read it off for us. Um, I did have the exact quote. Here we go. So um, this is Broncos GM, John Elway. He said uh, they wouldn't rule out trading Von Miller. Um, I think Von can play better. We have to look at all the possibilities. If you ask me, Von Miller is right under that Khalil Mack. I mean, he's up there. 1A, 1B. He's one of the best players in the world. He's a Super Bowl MVP. Exactly. 
So then you have uh, Mom of the Millennium. Uh, that is Khalil, Ma- uh, I'm sorry, Von Miller's mom. Not because he's my son, but he's the main reason Denver won the Super Bowl. Von's not the problem, Elway is. Every quarterback he's brought in was a fluke. He wants to half-ass pay the vets, but wants them to perform at a high caliber. He has no clue on drafting in any position. He needs to work on an offensive line and a quarterback. Trading Vaughn isn't the answer, but best of luck with that. Elway has wasted more money on quarterbacks than any team in the NFL, capital letters. I get it. It's easier to blame Vaughn, but it's not him. Hashtag what up, Dallas. Hashtag send Jerry. Um, I don't know what her hashtag is. Send <laughs> Jerry Jobs something number. I guess maybe that's the agent, but uh, lobbying for him to go to Dallas. How come they always want to go to Dallas, too? These freaking guys. Because they just feel like Jerry Jones will immediately open up and welcome them, which they're probably right about. So we posted this on our Twitter. The amount of feedback that it got with everyone supporting uh, Mrs. Von Miller, um, it was shut her mouth. It was tremendous. It whoa, was whoa, great. Whoa, hold up. I was gonna say, how are you not Team Von in this situation? You're saying you should shut. She's how could you not be Team Von? It's not her place to say anything, and you don't go after John Elway in Denver when you're the player's mother. Uh, you shut your mouth. Or you an Annie Apple fan? Mom no. Miller. <laughs> I was an Annie Apple fan. Mom Miller nailed it. Oh, absolutely! I agree. Even if she's right, whether you're you don't like that she came out and said it, but everything she said is spot on, right to the point. Everything. Former (laughs) guest of the show and uh, former actually is on the show. Mike Cameron also agrees, saying she's speaking truth, though. That's right, she is, and there was nobody that disagreed with her on the comments. You know what, Gold Glover, Mike Cameron. But that's what that's what journalists and and analysts and radio hosts and TV guys and media like. That's what they do, and they say it all day, and they probably say a lot of what she said, but. You're you're just a mother of a player on the team. It's just it's not good. You just shut your mouth. You do. He's a franchise player. We don't need you on Twitter going out there and speak. I hate it. I hate that culture in the NFL. That's I hate a, it. That's the world for you. Today. That's overtime too. Is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> I knew what the look was, and I knew it. I knew it meant overtime. I have no problem with Von Miller's mom speaking out about it because he's the the bright spot going on in Denver. Would it shock me now that they have Chubb there, that they go to look to trade Von Miller to capitalize? This is going to be a team that has to rebuild, right? Vinny, they are. They're, they can't. And look at what kill They just got the club. Exactly. You know? So, so it, would it make sense going to, to go out and look for him? There's no reason not to take They're going to get nothing for him. How? He's, he's got one year left in his contract okay. at a $25 million cap hit. Well, what are you getting? Khalil Mack had one year left, too. Yeah, but $25 million cap hit. Well, it, and it had to be Mack younger. Khalil Mack is like five of, years younger. He's yeah, so you could sign him right away. defensively, just like Khalil Mack. Right. He does. really change your He defense. does, but are you going to give Are you gonna um, give five more years to Von Miller? At 30 years old? At 31. Well, he'll be 31 when he does it. There might be a team that will. Of course I would. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying that you wouldn't do it. I'm saying that the return isn't going to be what it was for Khalil Mack. I'm sure that's, that's it, a lot. That's my that point. Was a it's that not was going a to be a, a but big look at what happened with the Bears getting Khalil Mack. Now you're talking about a playoff team. He, uh, they might not have been a playoff team without. Mike, Khalil I'm Mack. not. I'm not talking about it from the team getting Von Miller's standpoint. I'm talking about it from Denver's standpoint. I think this is going to be. I'm a saying lot of is it worth it to get rid to get rid of him? Because I don't I, think they trade him personally. Honestly. I just don't I know what contender can. Can, can have a $25 million cap. Case Keenum sucks. Sorry, Vinny. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders is going to miss time with that injury. He's not coming back at the start of the season. Now you're looking at three young wide receivers that would be even believe in him anymore anyway. Sanders? I mean, yeah. Oh, he was having point, a great year. I, I know. He was having a terrific year. The Broncos, year. Are, they were doing a good job. They drafted Chubb this year. No brainer. Right. Pick. 
Um, they're doing came a good, out of nowhere. They're doing a good job keeping that defense, but as they're losing guys, gaining guys. If they take out Von Miller, you're really blowing up that defense now. You offer Chris Harris is now older, and he uh, had an injury. I think this is a situation where they have to blow this up and start from start from Chubb and Lindsey and work your way they up. They should be looking for a quarterback because Von Miller was right. John Elway can't find him. You know who they should do? They should find a way to get Haskins. They should get this they way. Should, the Giants don't get him. <laughs> just so the, the Giants don't get him. Giants should trade with him. And he is the number one quarterback in this year's. Uh, I, I hate the culture now that these good. NFL moms feel like they need to go on Twitter and speak <laughs> out. I'm sorry, these NFL moms. You don't see it in baseball. You don't see Mike Trout's mom doing that. With she has every right to kill she the should. Angels for how they've treated Mike Trout. But that's not that culture. This is an NFL culture thing, and I can't stand it. Get off Twitter. Just be a mother and shut your mouth. Mrs. Miller, I support you. Brent Grimes did not need his mother to come out to uh, say what he No, his wife does it for him. Um, his she, wife does it. You ever watch is, Hard Knocks? She is a typical emotionally disturbed person. She needs to be locked away. She does. But she's one case. of the more ridiculous things. I, I didn't think we'd be talking about Brent Grimes at all, especially during a playoff uh, football weekend. But he feels disrespected by the Bucks uh, that the coaches asked him to guard their top receivers, <laughs> asking him – to do his job and play cornerback. Big Mike, I feel like you would have a funny reaction about this. Why don't you chime away? Yeah, so on his wife's podcast, which I don't even know the name of it, but Nico Grimes. Uh, don't podcast, give it any publicity. You know? <laughs> um, he said to her, which, uh, you know, I shouldn't have to guard Antonio Brown and other top receivers making $14 million when I'm only making $7 million. I mean, this is this is the most asinine thing that I've heard. So I looked up receivers that he could cover this year, making only $7 million. And in that range uh, of money, Crabtree he could cover, Tavon Austin, Robert Woods, Taylor Gabriel, Sanu, Corey Davis, Tate, Amendola, Cooper, Edelman. These are This is the range that uh, he would be comfortable covering based on financial uh, you know, aspects of it. It's ridiculous. God, God forbid a professional that wants to be one of the best in the league uh, is up to a challenge. It's so dumb. And then uh, Miko Grimes, the head case she is, said that 14 teams tried to trade for Brent Grimes. There is no way in hell to trade for uh, Brent Grimes. A, he's old. B, he sucks now. And C, that head case is coming with him. How about this? There's no way that his GM turned down 14 trades for him. You you would think. With the cap space we just talked about. Sticking the under on that. Come on. 14 teams. She is a nut. And lastly in the NFL, Antonio Brown, is he a Steeler next year? Yes. He is. There's no way he's not. Due, due to contract. Uh, That's the only way, reason why. Contract. It would be a twenty-one million dollar dead cap hit. I think. What if he calls Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> I think they would take. If the Steelers trade Brown, they will save a million dollars in cap space and create fifteen million dollars in cash savings. So um, they actually, they actually save a million. It would million have to happen time. before the third day of the league year when he gets a two point five million dollar roster bonus. This is SI just. Um, wrote this article just now. That's why I was um, something I clicked on right out as we were talking. Um, they just tweeted out in the last couple of minutes. So I don't know. I don't know. And I don't understand the NFL cap. I could tell you every in and out of the NHL salary cap more than anybody. Any of you guys know guaranteed money. And it, but it's just dead cap space. It's, it's signing bonus, how that affects the cap. It's, I don't get it all. But I'm, I'm just reading this one line from Ian Rappaport is that they would save only $1 million. Right. Which makes the rest of the money dead cap right. space money. Exactly. But they still save money on the cap. In the end, they just don't save at all. I think that's what that means. Either way, um, do they trade him? Uh, I thought I thought that 
Um, so cutting or trading Brown would be the Steelers would be using somewhere in the range of 8 to 10% of their salary cap for a receiver not on the roster. That's how it would impact them. Because that $21 million will be there no matter what. Right. And they would save a million dollars off of Brown's salary cap. Right. Anyway, um, I think there was a better chance the Giants were going to trade Odell last year than Antonio Brown now. And I didn't think the Giants were trading Odell. And Dave Gellman flat out shot that down immediately. Yeah. He was, he was well, that's about this year. Yeah, in his press conference, I guess we'll talk about that a little. To trade him. He was very, very, very on edge about how to answer Eli Manning questions. I'm going to do I don't think he was on edge. He was making a business But bottom decision. line, But bottom line, he's saying the right things, but bottom line, by not saying Eli Manning's our quarterback next year, so they are interested in maybe parting ways from him. Because if he was the guy, he would have said it. It I better think, be this. It either better be Dwayne Haskins, who I don't want, or Eli Manning. If it's Joe Flacco, or if you trade for Carr, or if it's any of these things, you're going to see backlash. I'll tell you where fans. I think Joe Flacco is going to go. I think he's going to go to Jacksonville. It would be a perfect fit for both of them. He's a guy not too old. Uh, he could give them a couple years, and he's obviously better than Blake Bortles. Not perfect. so much better. but So am I. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you could say that for sure. But um, I can definitely see him fitting there. I don't want Dwayne Haskins, though. And one last thing on Odell, he said we did not sign him to trade him. He shot that down immediately. Shut up, media. And the Gettleman thing, I think, was a lot of posturing because I think that if you come out there and you say to the media, Eli's our quarterback next year. Is he from Boston? That's who we want. (laughs) That's who we want. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Now, when he wants to maybe try to renegotiate Eli's contract a little bit, maybe free up a little bit of cap space now, Eli's age. You know, if he has the threat of maybe getting cut, Eli's agent, you know, can be like, whoa, you, you already threw it out there that he's your guy. So now all the leverage is on our side. So business-wise, I think that he – And I think that at 38 years old, Eli Manning doesn't need his GM to come out in January and say he's our guy. If this is 28-year-old 28 28 Eli Manning or any 28-year-old franchise quarterback, you want your co- your GA, uh, GM's um, but that's blessing gonna, That's going to be beginning. the cloud over the giant organization all the, the way until April. It's going to be the cloud even if they end up uh, doing the draft. They don't take a quarterback. They sign a, a backup quarterback that you know is Eli's backup. It's going to be a cloud anyway. It's going to be a cloud over Eli until Eli's gone or until Eli goes 13-3, and three, which right. probably won't happen anyway. And no matter what, the cloud's going to be around the Giants quarterback because of the decision not to take one last year in the draft. Obviously, Eli Manning wants to retire in New York Giants. I hope it does end that way. I would not want to see him go to another team. But well, he will retire a Giant. I guarantee that. The one-day contract. Yeah, <laughs> it's a stupid crap. But, I mean, I don't want to see uh, it. In the middle of July one, one year where he's he a true giant. Um, couldn't be more thankful what that guy's done, but obviously um, I understand. He's, got, he's got one year tops of football left. That's the bottom line. Uh, big college game Monday. We're back on Monday. We're back to a Monday-Saturday schedule, so we're going to get more into that big national title game on Monday. But in decent news, Ohio State, they're already heading in the right direction in the post-Urban Meyer mm-hmm. era. Uh, Justin Fields, the backup quarterback to Jake Fromm, he ain't going to sit behind Fromm anymore. Georgia quarterback, a top recruit, he's transferring from Georgia to Ohio State. He's going to be a guy to look out for. So a little brief college news. And obviously, we have big national title games. And I have a mortal lock for you as well, my fellow degenerates over there from Monday night's game. So tune in for that. And uh, we're going to get our attention. Rob, I'm going to talk a little hockey with you. Because there is no team that is hotter. Than the New York Islanders. Than the Pittsburgh Penguins. Only right the now. only the Penguins are hotter than the Islanders, Goon. <laughs> they are the hottest team in the NHL. But let me just really stop you real quick. If sure. it was the Islanders, you would not be bringing this up. But continue. 
I, I brought it up because everyone thinks the Islanders are hottest in the NHL, and they're not. Well, they are nine, eight and one in the last nine games. And by the way, they are one, doing pretty good. Are they in the playoffs now after? Uh, no, after they're not. Thursday. No, they're not. That um, is insane. That's one thing I'll, I'll uh, kind of sympathize for you guys with. How are you not in the playoffs? <laughs> nine games won, over five hundred. Yeah, when you won, what was it? Five straight. Five straight, nine out of eight out of nine, and the one loss was the one I traveled across the country to go see them play in. And you're not you're not too far, but we're not four it. points out of first place with games in hand. It's just it, it it's what hockey one is. One point out of the wild card. Yeah, it, it, and with games in hand on that as well. The wild card is interesting because these are two teams I did not see in there in the East. Who's that? The Sabers and the Canadians. Uh, Sabers definitely. They're one of the great stories in hockey. Canadians um, might fall off now. Price I think they both might fall off. Uh, these are two of the worst teams in hockey last year. Yeah, and, and the Islanders. If, I mean, the Islanders are the team right after them, so that's three of the worst teams in hockey. And the Islanders seemingly got worse on the ice by losing that guy that went to Toronto. But you know what? It just shows how how important coaching is. And you're hockey. saying these are three of the worst teams in hockey last year. Which one of them had the best chance of falling off here, Sabres, Canadians, or Islanders? Because as of now, they have a decent amount of game uh, points ahead of Carolina and the Rangers. Uh, Sabers. Not believing the Sabers? I, I think they're awesome to watch. They're, they're okay. They're, I've had a couple money line steals on these they, they guys because they're just not getting the Vegas love. They, they've got a very young defense. They have a, a goalie that's never um, played a full year in Carter Hutton as a number one goalie and been successful. So I got to see him do it for a full year. And 13 and 5 at home. Yeah, I mean, the Islanders just beat them in, in Buffalo the other day um, in regulation. Their goal differential is even. I mean, it's, it's a plus one right now. Um, I, I think that they're the most likely to fall off. I think the Canadians can fall off, too. I think that's why I fall off. I think they both can fall off. And I think the Islanders could fall off um, from their pace. I don't think that they're going to play at this rate the whole year. Um, I just don't know who could come up from behind them right now. I actually not- like the Sabres to get that wild card spot. I think that they, they hold on there. A move I hated. I did not want Jeff Skinner on my team. Jeff Skinner has been awesome for the Buffalo Sabres. So. What's, what's good for the Islanders is that exact thing. I don't think the East is very good. At all this year, which is surprising. Well, I think the East is very, 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 very good top heavy wise. Top heavy. I don't think that it's deep. My Toronto Maple Leafs, they're in a little trouble. Both their goalies are down. Um, Tampa Bay already has a significant point lead. They over will them. never catch Tampa Bay, How, even if they're, they play two Tampa goals. Tampa Bay that much superior over Toronto with John Tavares and Austin Matthews? They're yeah. that much superior over everybody in the NHL. It's true. So why haven't they won a cup lately? They lost in Game Seven in the Conference Finals. They've been to the Conference. They were in the Stanley Cup Final. Um, you know, sometimes you you lose a Game Seven here or there. And last year they lost a Game Seven to to the um, Capitals and to go to the Finals. I mean, sometimes it just happens. You lose a Game Seven. They have a defense. They have a goalie. Two things that the Toronto Maple Leafs do not have. There's a huge difference between those two teams. Will the Leafs go out and get a goalie? And they, by the way, they have better players skill wise. You guys know? Have you do you have you looked at? I, I know you probably wouldn't, but have you looked at the scoring leaders in the NHL? I have not. Do you know who the number one scorer in the NHL is? Kucherov. You know how far ahead of everybody he is. He's on pace for 140 points. You know the last time that happened? 140 points? Not in the 2000s. It was in the 90s. He is that. They are, dude. They're they're good, man. Well, they're we'll good. see if they can get it done in uh, the playoffs. Big Mike, real quick, we're running out of time here on a 90 second run. Wait, really quick baseball talk. Troy Tulowitzki to the Yankees, you like it. Love it. Absolutely love it. If he's able to take a step back from his pride and, and be more of a utility guy where he sees a little third base, sees a little shortstop, sees a little second base, first base, he can uh, DH there. He can still hit, man. It's, it's when he starts going out there and playing the field and running the bases is where he gets hurt. Uh, I think it's a terrific signing, especially with the young fielders that they have. It is a great move, and Vinny, it costs them nothing. Right? What, what does minimum? it mean, Mike? 
for Manny Machado. He it wants to be a shortstop. Nothing. It means absolutely nothing. They told Machado they were signing Troy Tulowitzki. They told him what was going to happen. It means nothing. Real, real quick, I just read that during the Tulowitzki signing, they never discussed the utility role. He, they told me he's going to have an ample uh, chance to win the short, starting shortstop role. Yeah, until you get Machado and it's all right, son. Now you need the utility. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Hart we already signed. Where are you going? Yeah, right. Give me now. some Corey Kluber for Andujar. And uh, last thought here for me, LeBron James says he's the greatest player of all time. He calls himself the greatest player after he brought a t- uh, title home to Cleveland. But hate the guy anymore. Comments like that, the stupidity like that. He doesn't remember how many times he lost in the finals because he won a ring for Cleveland. The way he went about it, I can't stand this guy. You are not the greatest player of all time. You are a stupid idiot. When you're the greatest of all time, people will tell you. No, people tell you. You don't have to tell people. They tell LeBron. His barbershop thing or whatever, he's got six guys just nodding their head at everything he says. Oh, yeah, those are yes guys. When you feel like you have to say it's because you're insecure and you feel like you need you know, I even saw Jimmy Kimmel on that stupid show last week. I don't watch that. So I haven't watched it yet. But that's it for Over the Top Sports. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate all your interactions. Keep an eye out for our plays, our bets, our fantasy plays. Over the Top Sport, no S on Twitter. And we'll look forward to seeing you guys on Monday night. Thank you very much. Enjoy the NFL games. Go Chargers. Good night, everybody. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, Just follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show. <laughs> um, I don't know. It could, it could it's possible. Yeah. I laugh because it's possible. Three, it will be there. 381 views, not that. It will not be at the house, Sam. Nice. I thought we were going too fast, man. Sure enough. Yeah, that was good. Somebody was baking early in the morning. Yeah, Keegan loves hot. <laughs> and Mahoney. <laughs> All right, good show.